Wherever you tuned in from, we're glad you joined us. It is Easter time. What a time of year to celebrate. I know a lot of people have eaten chocolate. Some have eaten a whole lot of hot cross buns. I personally like to bring those two things together and eat chocolate hot cross buns. I don't know if you tried them. Those Nutella hot cross buns are amazing. They're incredible. But the message of Easter, that's why we celebrate the message of the cross And the fact of the matter is you and I are living in victory today if we put our faith in Jesus because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. We can know God's full intention for our life because of what Jesus has done. And I pray that you know that today. If you don't, you're one decision away from knowing the creator of the universe living in your life. For anyone who puts their faith and trust in Jesus, they can know not just life, they can know abundant life because that's the reason Jesus came. Well, I wanna share a passage of Scripture with you this morning. If you got your Bible, let's go to Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter 60, I love this prophetic uh, verse. We're gonna be reading from verse one. It says, arise, shine. Everyone, everywhere, just say those two words. Arise, shine. Arise, shine for your light has come Notice that we're not waiting on the light. The light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you. That's right. Today, God wants to arise over you and it goes on and His glory will be seen upon you. As a result of that, verse 3, it says, And Gentiles or nations shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. I believe this is the time to arise and shine. I want to take a little bit of a poll today. How many people would class themselves as morning people? I'm sure there's a whole lot of morning people out there. They're the early birds. Then you've got another group of people. You've got the night owl people. Uh, the night people, they stay up to all hours in the night. You know, often those two groups of people marry each other. And you know it because one would say, oh, wow, it's already 10 p.m., need to go to bed. And the other person will be saying, it's only 10 p.m. Where's the party? Let's go out and do something. But what is happening here to this group of people? Isaiah is giving what, a wake-up call that's filled with hope and optimism to a group of people who in the natural may want to just pull the covers over their head, push snooze, and go back to sleep. And he's saying to this group of people, what I want you to do is I want you to arise and shine. Because your light has come. That's good news. Good news is the light has come. We're not waiting on the light. The light isn't in the distance. No, it has come. And what seems to matter right now is in this passage, and I believe it's so with you and I, is, is our response to the light. How do we respond to the light? Because are we just going to sit and reflect? Or are we going to do what this passage says? Are we going to arise and shine? Because the result of arising and shining is found in verse 3. Listen to verse 3. It says, Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Now I believe the kingdom of God is go and tell. We need a whole lot of people to go and tell the good news of Jesus. But the kingdom is not just go and tell. It's an invitation. It's come and see. Come and see what's going on. And I believe people are drawn to light. People want to, people are drawn all around to the light that is within us. And the purpose of God is to give you and I light. In fact, I want to declare it's a new day. That's right. God wants to bring on a new day in your life. 
And there's a verse in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19, where it says, it talks about that we have a prophetic message. Many people right now I know are holding on to prophetic words or they've got promises from God. And it says we have this prophetic message that is completely reliable. He says, you do well to pay attention to it. And he's saying this prophetic message or this promise that God's given us is like light shining in a dark place. And it shines there until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. You gotta get this. The first indication of a new day. And I believe God wants to bring about a new day in your life. In fact, that's the, the Easter message. Well, you and I can live in the newness of Christ. And a new day starts. You know a new day is about to break because you can hear the sound of creation singing. You can hear the birds chirping. Or if you've ever been to the islands, you can hear a rooster crowing. And it happens before the light comes over the horizon. It all happens before the dawn is seen. And something powerful happens when creation sinks. That includes you and I. That's why the songs at the beginning of a service aren't icebreakers. What singing does is actually singing indicates that a new day is on the horizon. A new day is about to come into being. Because in the kingdom, what you've got to understand is sound precedes sight. Sound precedes sight. When God created the world, He spoke the world into being. He said, let there be light. Now, I'm sure you've got some friends, you know, uh, friends that you can hear them before you see them. You hear them before you see them. Uh, it's just like this, uh, like a helicopter can be on the sun, in the sky. And, and what do you do? You hear the helicopter and then, then you go looking for it in the sky to locate it. And, and what singing does is singing indicates that something's about to happen. Singing is, is, get this, it's even more powerful when you don't feel like singing. Now, I'm not much of a singer. In fact, at uh, high school, uh, I think it was year nine or form three, for those who are a little bit older, uh, we had uh, to stand in a line and we had to sing a song. The song was Morning Has Broken. Uh, old song there. We had to sing the song and the, the, the music teacher would go past each and every one of the students listening to the voice of every, every student. And for some, he'll tap on the shoulder as, and those who got tapped on the shoulder had to take a step back. I got tapped on the shoulder. And no, it wasn't because I had a good voice. <laughs> it was because I wasn't gifted in singing. How many know we all can sing? Uh, everybody can sing, but it doesn't mean we sing in tune. But there's something about singing that brings on a new day. And singing when you don't feel like singing. In fact, real singing happens after the game in the changing room. It's been happening for the Warriors of late. It's like you know, real singing because they've just won and everybody enters in because of the victory. And victory and singing go together. In fact, people who can't sing will sing when they hear good news. It's a natural response. And, and singing requires us to understand the victory that we have in Jesus. You know, why does Isaiah instruct? In fact, in Isaiah chapter 4, he instructs a barren woman to sing. Listen to what he says. He says, sing, O barren, you have not born. Break forth into singing. So just don't sing, but break forth, burst into song, 
you have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. And he says, get ready for this because you need to enlarge the place of your tent. You need to stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Don't spare, he says, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes because you're about to have a baby. And, and singing is gonna help bring the release of that. Singing is the last thing a person feels like doing when they've got no answers. It's like sing, burst into song. When you're barren, how many know you don't wanna sing, you wanna sulk. You wanna pull the curtains back. You wanna watch a sad movie and you wanna feel sorry for yourself. When you had one setback after another setback, you don't feel like singing, especially when nothing's working. But the Bible instructs us to sing. In fact, the psalmist says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Notice that, at all times. Not just when I'm feeling good, not just when things are happening. No, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. You know, here, here's the thing. Here's the deal. Singing requires faith to believe that the answer is on the way. So many people just sing when they feel like it. But, but we need to engage faith in our singing. And singing in faith has the ability to awaken the dawn. We need to stir our spirits to sing before the dawn. Because our singing is the key to bringing on a new day. Don't believe me? Well, let's go to Isaiah chapter 50. Uh, no, Psalm, not Isaiah. Psalm 57. Psalm 57 verse 7, it says, My heart is steadfast, O God. I like that. Some versions say, My heart is confident. Oh God, I will sing your praise. Awake my glory. Awake the lute and the harp. Well, awake the guitar. Awake the bass guitar. You know, awake the instruments. And it goes on in this verse and it says, I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. And I will sing among, it says, I will praise you among the people. And I will sing to you among the nations. Now, you and I have the ability to bring on a new day. Now, one thing is, morning light is beautiful. If you've ever got up to see a sunrise, it's beautiful coming over the horizon. Now, a lot of people who are dating, they go on sunset dates. You know, it's, let's go out to the beach and see the sunset. Here's a little tip. If you're going to see the sunset, go to the West Coast, not the East Coast. I know many have got, oh, let's go see the sunset, and they've gone to the East Coast. When I was dating Kathy, you know, um, we didn't have sunset dates. You know, sunset dates are romantic, but we had something even more romantic. We had sunrise dates. We got up early in the morning and we went to see the sunrise. Now, I knew Kathy was interested in me and the way I knew it was because she wasn't a morning person. But at the time, you know, I said I was going to pick her up. She was ready to go. So I knew she must have had some level of interest in me. But, you know, we'd go there and the sun would come over the horizon. You see the first glimmer of dawn, the colours, and then the ever-increasing light. And what's that? That's the promise of a new day. Uh, that, what's that saying? Night has gone. Night's gone. And everything now is becoming clear. And as a result of things becoming clear, it now demands a response. In fact, Proverbs puts it this way. It says, Proverbs 4, it says, The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn and shines ever brighter to the full light of day. When it comes to 
our walk with Jesus. I'm glad that, you know, when we give our heart to Jesus, it does, doesn't end there. You know, in fact, that's like the first gleam of dawn. And our Christian life is meant to get brighter and brighter and brighter, goodness, and brighter to the full light of day. What's the goal of a Christian? The goal of a Christian is full light, is noonday sun. Because when there's noonday sun, there's no shadows. Shadows disappear. You know, there's too many people today. You know, they even believe in Jesus, but they're living in the shadows. If you want to give a title for my message today, it's come out of the shadows. Because God doesn't want us to live in the shadows. He wants to experience the full light of His glory. And He wants us to arise and shine. Come on, move away from the edges. Move away from the sidelines and come into the full light of God. James puts it well. He talks about that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or no shadow of turning. When it comes to God, He doesn't cast shadows. And I just quickly want to give you today you know, four things or five things that, that, that shadows do. Number one, shadows, what do they do? They block light. Some of us have got light blockers in our life right now. Or we've got blackout curtains. We're, we're blocking the light coming in. And what happens is when we don't, when we have light, but we don't shine, we don't arise and shine, what we do is we throw shade. You've got to get this. The light has come. If you believe in Jesus, you have light. And God commissions us with that light to arise and shine. But if we don't arise and shine, we're in danger of throwing shade. In fact, we've all heard the expression before, oh, living in somebody else's shadow. Do you know what blocks light today in a lot of places is people's insecurity. And the root of our insecurity, I've found out, the root of my insecurity is pride. Because when I'm insecure, who am I thinking about? I'm thinking about myself. And as long as I'm thinking about myself, I can't achieve what God has for me. And insecurity will stop you shining. In fact, I find a lot of insecure people are throwing shade all the time. I find insecure people tend to throw shade on those who are shining. Because it's like, well, if I can't give myself permission to shine, who do you think you are shining? What do you think you are doing that? In fact, what I don't learn to celebrate in my life, I will struggle to celebrate in the life of another. And there's too many people who are not stepping into what God has for them and who are not shining as God intends them to shine simply because they've allowed insecurity to rob them and they're living in the shadow and they work off the premise, well, if I can't, nobody can. It's just like when you're trying to be good with food and you're the only one in your household who's trying to be good with food and eat good food and then somebody brings home McDonald's and you get mad. Because you think, well, if I can't eat that, you can't eat that. And we throw shade on that other person. You know, it's like, well, if I can't, I'm going to ruin it for everyone else. I'm going to make them feel guilty. And what we tend to do in life is we tend to project our issues, our unbelief and our disappointment on other people. Come on, don't throw shade. Don't be a shady person. Be somebody who encourages others to step into the light. Let's be a people who encourage one another to arise and shine. Uh, 
a lot of people today, well, if it hasn't worked for me, I'm going to make sure it doesn't work for you. Because if it works for you, that then leaves me without an excuse. And what we've got to understand when it comes to shadows is shadows block the light. The second thing about shadows is, is shadows exaggerate and distort reality. Yeah, you know, I, I might have a shadow here, but my shadow is not actually an accurate reflection of who I am. Shadows either make us long, tall, and, and skinny, and sometimes we're not there, you know, but they exaggerate things. I know many people grew up afraid of the boogeyman, and the boogeyman was always in the shadows at night, and there'll be a light shining on a pile of laundry or a coat hanger, and you think, oh, it's a monster, it's a boogeyman, but it was just a, a shadow. How many things do we fear right now that actually aren't, uh, don't have any, even, don't give us any reason to, to actually fear? In fact, one person said, fear is false evidence appearing real. And what shadows do is they exaggerate and distort our reality. You know, there's many Christians today who are living under guilt and shame and condemnation simply because they don't know who they are in Christ. My Bible, Romans chapter 8 says, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And for you to be released from that, you've got to come out from the shadows. Because shadows exaggerate and distort reality. The third thing about shadows is, is shadows is where death lurks. Many of you have heard the song, Gangster's Paradise, you know. The first line of that song, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of, no, I'm not going to sing it, death. Hey, before I was in Gangster's Paradise, it was actually in Psalm 23. Psalm 23 verse 4 says, listen to this, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. You are with me. Get this, the psalmist walks through the valley of the shadow of death. He doesn't camp in the valley of the shadow of death. Yet we go through dark places. We go through hard times. You know, we experience stuff in our life that we don't, we can't explain or we can't understand. My question to you today is, what do you call the darkness in your life? When you go through a valley and it feels like the shadow of death is all around you, what do you do in that moment? Because I like what God did in creation. Let's go back to Genesis. Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. It says there, this, that then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Get this. God called the light day. What did He call the light? He called it day, and He called, and the darkness He called night. So He called the the light day, and he called the darkness night. So, so evening and morning were the first day. Question I want to ask is, what do you call the darkness in your life? Because many of us can go through a dark season and we can feel all alone. But the psalmist says, you don't need to fear because God is with you. And you need to call the darkness in your world night. Now here's the thing about night. Night has a beginning and an end. If you stayed up all night, it can be a long time. If you're asleep, it goes really quickly. But, but God, listen to this. He called the darkness night. He called what looks like a permanent situation. He says, this is temporary. Night has an end to it. Weeping may endure for a night. It may endure for a night, but get this. A new day is about to approach. And when that new day comes, joy will come in the morning. 
Death can seem permanent. Even in fact, when Jesus was asked to come and heal a young girl, he was seemingly too late. And messengers arrived and said, oh, it's too late. She's already died. She's, she's dead. But he said, don't worry, she's just sleeping. I mean, no, sleeping is something that you get up from. Well, most of us do. Sleeping is temporary. And, and what we've got to see is the devil would like us to think some situations in our life are permanent. But we've got to call those things as night. Yeah, it's going to have a beginning, it's going to have an end. But I'm not going to camp there. I'm not going to stay there. I'm going to walk through this because God wants to bring about a new day in my life. In fact, my grandmother passed away a few years ago. She was 97. So when she passed away, it was a bit of a celebration of her life. She lived a good life. She knew Jesus. And we knew where she was going. But when she was passing away, I was out of town. And my wife, my father, and my auntie were at her bedside. And uh, there was the final moments, and she closed her eyes. And my father you know, said, oh, she's gone. She's gone to be with Jesus. And he, then he pulled the cover over her head, and they walked out of the room, and they talked. And then they came back in the room a little later on, and there was my grandmother actually sitting up with her eyes open. And the first thing my father said, oh, Sybil, you're still here. He got that a little bit wrong. Uh, yeah, but here's the thing. We say somebody is passing. You know, that's where, you know, when we die as believers, and this is the good news at Easter, you know, this is what we're celebrating. It's not the end of our life. We're passing from one life to the next life. For those that know Jesus, who have believed in Him, we have the gift of eternal life. And, and death today has lost its sink. That, that's the message of Easter. Death is swallowed up in victory. Yeah, and it's only in the light of God that we understand this. The devil wants to keep us in darkness. But God's saying, whatever situation you're in right now, hey, there's joy around the corner. There's a new day. The sun's about to come over the horizon. If you just sing now, that sun is coming over the horizon where you're going to live in the light of God. So the third thing about light is Life, uh, uh, well, not light, shadows. Shadows are where death lurks. The, the fourth thing about shadows is shadows blur vision. As you get older, your eyes grow dimmer. And often you go to restaurants in a, in a, in a restaurant, there's often dim lighting and you see the people getting out their torches on their phones to read the menus. That's how you know you're getting older is your, your eyes are getting dimmer. But, but what do shadows do? Shadows blur your ability to see the promises of God. I, I really believe a lot of believers today, they have dimmer packs on their Christianity. They want to control the, the light settings of their life. But when it comes to the life that God's called us to, we shouldn't even have an on-off switch to our light. There should only be one setting. We're on all the time. Because without the light of God, we, we can't see. And, and that's why God says, come on, you have light, now arise and shine. In fact, I love Philemon chapter 6 where it talks about, you know, Philemon saying, I pray that you be active in sharing your faith. That's something that we need to be doing as believers. We, we need to share our faith. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of His name for it's the power of God unto salvation. And we need to be active. I pray that you be active in sharing your faith, Philemon says, so that you'll have full understanding as to what Christ has given you. 
Get this right now. Some of us don't have an understanding as to what Christ has given us simply because we're not sharing our faith. Simply because we're not responding to the light and we're not arising and shining. Come on, I don't know about you, but I don't wanna live with blurred vision. I wanna have clarity of vision. And for a believer, vision is part of our inheritance that we can see things and see them as they really are. Fifth thing is, Get this, is shadows flee when the light comes in. Shadows flee when the light comes in. Light dispels darkness. In the dark, you're gonna trip up. Get up in the morning, leave something on the floor, you're in danger of tripping up if it's dark. And so many people are tripping over things that they don't need to if they just walk in the light of God. Now, now God is love. I love the message of the unconditional love of God. God loves you. Wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this, you've got to understand, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter where you've been, God loves you. You are the object of His love. His love is unconditional. So much so that even when you and I were in our sin, Jesus died for us. He paid the price of our sin without the guarantee that we'd ever respond to Him. Now that's love. A lot of people go, well, I'll do this if you respond. But Jesus died for us. He took our place on the cross. He died for us. He died, He rose again, breaking the power of sin and death once and for all. And He did it so that we might live in the freedom of God. But there was no guarantee that you and I would respond. That's love. There's no greater love than somebody who lays down their life for their friend. And Jesus laid down His life for you and I. So God is love, but get this, God is light. And for you and I to have fellowship with God, we need to walk in the light. In fact, 1 John 1.7 talks about that. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. So we have fellowship with God and we have fellowship with one another. Many people understand God is love, but they haven't caught hold of the fact that God is light and if you want a relationship with God, you've got to understand that He's light because it's in the light we have fellowship with one another. We have fellowship with God, which then enables us to have genuine, authentic relationships with other people. You know, when things are hidden, when there's secrets, we don't have genuine fellowship. In fact, one person says, we're as sick as our secrets. And too many people are covering things over. But one thing I've found when it comes to God is, is what you uncover, what you bring into the light with God, He covers with His love and His mercy. He doesn't judge. He covers with His love and His mercy and grace. But what we cover, what we hide, what we bear, it gets uncovered in the end. And too many people, you know, I've got these secret things and, 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 and they're worried about people finding out, well, if they knew that about me, they wouldn't accept me. No, God knows everything about you. And He says, I love you and I'm for you. You just need to come into the light. And to come into the light is to have fellowship with God. And get this, light dispels darkness. Come on, where are there things that you've hidden away that you need to bring into the light? Because as you bring it into the light, yeah, the enemy will say, don't do that. Because he knows if you do it, you'll experience the freedom that God has on offer. Now arise, shine. 
for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. It's time to come out of the shadows. The light has come. What's your response to the light today? Are you going to arise and shine or are you going to sit and reflect? I believe this is the hour for the church, for you and I to arise and shine. And guess what will happen? As we arise and shine, nations will come to our light and kings to the rising, uh, to the brightness of our rising. I believe this is an hour where God wants to give you influence and favor. He wants to open doors as you respond to the light that is within you. Hey, maybe right now you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. You don't have a personal relationship with Him. Friend, He's just a prayer way. And today, if you put your faith in Him, He'll come and meet you right where you're at. He'll forgive you of your sin. He'll give you the assurance of eternal life. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart, if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you confess with your mouth that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Today, if you don't know Jesus, in a moment, I'm gonna pray a prayer. I'd love to pray for you this morning. Let's pray this together. Jesus, I open my heart to you. Today, I put my trust in you. And I thank you for dying on the cross, paying the price of my sin. Today, I'm forgiven. Today, I know I am loved by you. I declare that I am yours and you are mine. If you pray that prayer right now, I believe Jesus is living in your heart. We'd love to hear from you. In fact, if you've been blessed by this message, by this ministry, please do get in touch. We'd love to hear the testimonies of what God's doing in your life. God is doing such a great work. In fact, just over the recent times, last Friday night, we saw over 227 young people give their hearts to Jesus. I believe today is a day of salvation. And if you're out there, you're a believer. That message you have got, you have received is not just for yourself. It's time to arise and shine.